Welcome on to the podcast, Nick. Um, Hi. This is a weird one because it's just us as guests. Um, so for people who don't know, I already did a little quick intro, but Phone Foundry isn't just like me. It's a whole team of people. Um, I'm sure people in earlier podcasts have seen um, Jake. Uh, Jake is not on this podcast because he's mainly doing live action stuff. Like he helps with like producing and stuff. And literally this entire year, we've done like zero live action. Um, we've only been doing 3D animation stuff, which has mainly been me, Nick, and Cedric, who we'll have on another podcast. Um, but yeah, Nick, who are you? I'm Nick. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, I mean, I create the environments for any CGI films that we do, but we haven't really released any yet, so you'll see those soon. Mm -hmm. um, I do a lot of texturing and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I don't know. I do sound design, a little bit yeah, of say, help yeah. with editing and stuff. Uh, yeah. That's a gist. I, I mean, when you first came to us, I think you audio. Okay. I'm so hazy on like these. So I met you on Evan Royalty's Discord server, right? Yep. And then did you do audio for a first thing or was it the tomato effect? I can't remember. Tomato effect. Okay. And then eventually Just... you like got into our audio stuff later on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Audio uh, was just something I kind of did on my own for a while and then yeah, yeah. just I'm, more recently i've gotten more into it to like i'm more of a professional well i want to say professional level but like getting into the the side of it where it's not just throwing in sounds in premiere mm -hmm. it's actually going into like the sound design aspect of well the sound design side of things like in yeah. the fl studio and everything like, I mean, okay, so right now for context, we're working on our first animated film, 3000, SB 3000. Um, and you've been doing like all the environment audio. Um, like there is no, other than the voiceovers, there is no like audio that isn't just like environment sound. It's all made from scratch or sampled in. Um, and then we have a composer also who's working on it, um, but that's kind of a separate thing. You don't really do, the music you more of kind of just do uh well i guess you're still probably going to do some mixing though i'm assuming for that yeah i'm um, just waiting till everything's like all there so yeah. i can do it all at once it's hard to do like one sound at a time and then you're like oh that doesn't sound right so. yeah um so that okay i'm gonna i'm gonna save the three thousand stuff for later though because that's like a whole can of worms that there's a lot of lessons and things we can talk about with that uh, but I guess first, the elephant in the room, people are like, oh, what happened? You're, you guys are going to work on like containment breach and siren head and yada, yada, yada. And the obvious answer is coronavirus happened. Because um, you were showing me a lot of stuff in Blender. And then we were also working with Max, who was showing me a bunch of stuff in Blender. So that's kind of got me the idea of like, oh, maybe we can do more CG stuff. Because we kind of dabbled in the past with um, a couple of videos. Um, so we were going to do like that live action mixed with CGI and then coronavirus happened and I thought, you know, maybe we can still do it. So that, and then literally by, I think by like May or something, we realized that shit, this is like not happening. Um, 
I think, yeah, around May or June is when I actually started like seriously planning 3000, I think. Um, and then in June, I started to learn Blender. Um, and you like helped me so much. I feel like yeah, the day I was like, how the fuck do you I learn, do this? You learn more shit than I've ever seen anyone learn in the span of like eight months. <laughs> well, like you just it's specifically because like, of you and Max, like having like those voices, because there were walls yeah. I was hitting, and then like I would just ask you a question and be like, boom. Yeah, I mean, even now, like, like you'll just ask me something, and usually I can come up with an answer to just help you right away or something. Or I just so. bitched you, and then literally ten minutes after bitching <laughs> at you about this problem having it fixes, and I'm like, of course. There's like a weird like trend that I've had. I've noticed like. I'll be like trying to fix a problem for hours. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to complain to Nick. Maybe he can help me brainstorm ideas. <laughs> and then like 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh, fuck, you got to be kidding me. So in that yeah. weird way too, you like help indirectly. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely sucks when I had to learn a lot of stuff on my own and I didn't really have anyone there to like just come bitch to mm -hmm. when I needed help. I had to spend like hours and hours just trying to figure out something so it really sucks when you're in that position <laughs> yeah i used to be like super intimidated too but like seeing you do it and seeing you talk about it and we've had so many rants about how like it's probably another discussion but about how we have these channels out there that intentionally try to make this shit look way harder than it actually is yeah um so there's like inspiration it's, it, like, talks. yeah <laughs> and so seeing you talk about it has really taken the edge off a lot um because originally for the longest time, I thought I'm never getting into CGI or animation or any of that stuff. Um, and you plus coronavirus, like completely changed <laughs> that. Um, so it, it's been like a really good blessing in disguise for me, like 100%. Because my biggest struggle always was with live action. I have a lot of like really cool visuals and ideas that are mainly sci-fi or horror based. Um, and they need special effects. Like they cannot be done with just like actors in a cheap uh, environment. Um, and so it feels like my thought was, oh, I need to just make a, a couple good films and eventually I can get like production and like money from investors and then I can make the film I want to make. But yeah. with this, now that I'm actually learning it and I have you and Cedric and a whole bunch of people helping, um, it feels like way more, I can just do it now. Like it won't be like Hollywood level, but it'll still be much closer than like what we were doing previously. No, just we'll, like... we'll make sure it's Hollywood level. Eventually, <laughs> eventually. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was not easy though. I don't want to like give off this opinion that like, oh, I just like, I got it, bro. It was so good. <laughs> I'm just so smart. <laughs> like I really struggled. Yeah. I'd say June, I got off. Getting in was really easy because there's a great channel I was watching called Grant Abbott and he had a really nice quick uh, way more efficient way of doing it than the donut tutorial that everyone knows um, like literally hours shorter and like as jam-packed with information um, but then I like kind of really hit a wall with productivity and I keep like thinking to myself 3000 could have been done like a month or two before most likely because maybe even earlier huh? or maybe even earlier honestly yeah. like but I mean, it, I also took a while on certain things too, like the diving yeah. bell. So, but we I just for for I guess like not to be too hard on ourselves. We had a lot of other things going on. It's not like we we're doing this channel full time. 
Um, like you have a job. I had a part-time job. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, but basically <laughs> like that working a part-time job. So I worked like three days out of the week uh, and then would try to work another few days out of the week on the on the channel. But like, A, I had productivity issues, a lot of procrastination problems uh, because like definitely for a fact, I mean, I'm sure like most people, but like I was way more like depressed during coronavirus, just being locked in, basically had like very, very limited social life. I'm very someone that's pretty extrovert. I like to have a lot of like face-to-face -face interaction with my friends. So I can feel kind of very like isolated um, without that. And that really like slowed me down. But the silver lining was that I really got to understand what causes my procrastination, how it really is just a form of anxiety. So if I treated it as like a form of anxiety and less of a, oh, I'm lazy. Um, I feel like now I have way, way better handle on like procrastinating. And if I push something off, I'll push it off for a few hours, not days or weeks. Um, so. Yeah, there's definitely like a few times working on certain things where like I just kept on pushing it off for a day and I'd be like, shit, I really got to get to that. And just mentally I'm like, I, I was like drained in that situation. So it was just, I guess, hard for me to even motivate myself to get around to doing it. And yeah. then like one week I'd be just so out of it. And then one week I'd be like back into the gist of things like working on whatever. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just, it's hard. <laughs> it was hard. I mean, what but, was also hard is like, it's not like we just know these things and we are just doing it. Literally half of the work or most of the work is like trying to like figure out how to do shit and even how to like learn how to go through the process. Um, yeah, and sometimes it's not even learning. It's just some stupid problem that mm -hmm. just comes up that is like unheard of. And it just, you don't even know like what to do about it. <laughs> Literally hours of digging through forums that are like eight years old, seven years old. And it's like, fuck. Yeah. And then, and then, or worse. it's like the simplest thing ever. And there's for some reason, not a tutorial on it or the tor the tutorials by some person that has like a hundred subscribers on YouTube Yeah, and you really have to dig to find it. Like with, with the, like adding, um, like the brain fart, uh, the heal like the, the text onto the bell, like mm -hmm. certain parts of the bell, like the Helio X or whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah, just like any text or whatever that's on there. I mean, there's definitely other ways I could have done it. Like I could have just put it on the texture. Like I could have baked out the texture and then just put it on there where it needed to be or whatever. But I wanted to figure out a way where I could like have multiple texture layers and be able to move that around where I want in Blender. And for some reason, that was so difficult to figure out because mm. there was no tutorials on it or anything. And the way to do it was so just weird, but it was also so simple to mm -hmm. the point where it's like, why isn't there a tutorial on this anywhere? Like, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it's hidden in some sort of tutorial that I haven't watched or something like That's some probably like series. an hour and a half long and the guy's ranting about some shit that isn't even yeah. related to that. <sighs> yeah. Like, like for example, like maybe it's hidden somewhere in some blender guru video mm -hmm. 
and it's like the third part in one of his series or something. Yeah. And you're never going to find that. So mm -hmm. I just wish there was tutorials for like some of the more simple things that people don't think they need to make a tutorial about because it seems so simple, but it's like, it's one of them things that even someone who's like pretty intermediate can even have a difficult time trying to figure out because it's just so weird the way that it has to work and everything. Yeah, like for people who aren't familiar with Blender, it is not user-friendly. Uh, it is very much like you can tell this entire software is still a work in progress. It's a completely free software, people don't know. And so that's awesome. But the downside is that uh, it is very much like a, we'll get to it when we get to it with fixing a lot of issues. Like for example, I've been <laughs> doing animating Blender and they're, okay, so, oh my God. <laughs> Linking, so we did a thing, I'm not gonna get too into it for the tech side, but people who understand it will understand it. But we've been linking from a source file into the main project, because that's how you're supposed to do a correct like workflow if you want to have multiple people working on a project. So I was like, you know what, I don't need to do it for this project, but I need to learn this anyway, because I wanted to eventually expand with more people actually working on a project. <sighs> Their linking feature is not done. It's literally in the midst of being worked on right now. So like, if you wanted to link in like a normal object or textures, it works beautifully, it's fine. But anything that has a rig or that is animated, it is a nightmare. There are so many things that like, yeah, there's all these like workarounds you have to do. So it like will technically work, but there's so many issues that happen because of it. I've spent days of my life <laughs> fixing those problems, okay? Um, so that's just an example really of just like, on paper, it like kind of works, but the amount of stress and struggle and wrestling with it that you're gonna have to deal with because it's not like a completed feature. And basically like they were saying, that shit's not gonna be done till maybe 21 or 2022. So probably next year is when like that feature will be completely set. Cause they're saying next year that they're gonna do project animation where they're gonna completely revamp the whole like animation workflow to really make it be like Maya, which is what most professional studios use as a program but that's the paid program it's very expensive um so that's why we don't use it well at least i'd say blender is way more user friendly than most other 3d programs like yeah. i'd say the only one that sort of comes close is cinema 4d hmm. in terms of being pretty user friendly but it's still just like i feel like it's harder to hop into just like being able to just mock up things right hmm. away like blender is so just great at that like it's like you can just open it up you already have a cube there and everything and if you want you can just start extruding off of that like you don't have to i mean i haven't really used maya or anything so i i don't i don't even know if maya is really used for modeling i think that's no, just 3ds animation max yeah. yeah yeah but i have used 3ds max so and i was like it's like it seems so complicated for no reason hmm. like they could I, I don't know. Like if you if you use 3ds Max and then you you use Blender, you know what I'm talking about. It's just with Blender, you can start it up, you can go in edit mode, and you can create edge loops and press E to extrude, and you can start modeling something right away. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to have any. Like you don't have to even know what you're doing. You can just start doing something without even having having any knowledge of it with. 3ds max it's like you really have to strive to figure out how the fuck to extrude something <laughs> <laughs> really okay yeah i don't have that uh i've only been using 
Blender. I mean, the only other softwares I'm familiar with are like editing, film editing stuff. Um, so I'm lucky in that sense. I will say like it has been perfect timing though because Blender, after their latest update from 2.79 to 2.8, a lot of people said it became way easier to use um, as a software. Oh, yeah. And that's when you got into it, right? Around then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, before that, see, I was. that's why I sort of was intimidated by 3D for a long time because like the only the only software I really got into was Cinema 4D mm. and I learned a lot about it but it still just didn't feel as like I guess plug and play or something mm. I, don't, I don't know if that really makes sense with that but it's just like you you couldn't just start it up and just really just mock up something that you had in your head or something like with Blender, it's like you you can just really do that. Like you can just start it up and start creating whatever you want. Like if you want to start creating a building, you can just start doing that. Throw on some textures and it literally takes like five minutes if you really want to make something quick. Mm -hmm. I just, it's been a long time since I used Cinema 4D, like years, but I just know it wasn't as like, intuitive or something like mm. obviously if you if you get used to it you can really do that in about the same time as you can in blender yeah it's just i feel like there's a bigger learning curve with any other 3d software than there is with blender i like i do i have heard houdini has become easier to use but i wouldn't know because i don't yeah i mean i've only tried using houdini one time and mm. i just it there were, it was like all the buttons for everything were on the screen and okay. it was so complicated i was like it's like instead of having like drop downs and everything which they do mm -hmm. but it was almost like everything was just right there in front of your face this mm -hmm. was like two years ago but it was like right when you open it up there's just buttons and buttons and buttons and buttons and you're like it, it just de it automatically makes you not even want to learn it because it's like what the fuck <laughs> yeah so well okay yeah. so i will say i've been learning unreal so unreal engine is what a lot of video games use for people who don't know and also a lot of filmmaking has been starting to use it so that's why i've been wanting to get into it also for vtubing because eventually i do want to do vtubing oh speaking of a simple thing to do that was so hard to find out it took me two <laughs> weeks to crack that code holy shit but um but yeah, that that has actually been a pretty also nice experience. I've heard good things about Unity too, but again, that's not really a 3D program. It's more of like a gaming. Film. Yeah, it's more like it's more like a huge like base to make everything come together. Like yeah, you you model everything. You can bake certain animations and textures and have certain models, and you kind of import all that and make it come together rather than like using it to, like i guess what you could use it for is things like foliage or whatever mm -hmm. and like the certain particle effects and yeah. lighting and all that that's like more of what you'd use it for like more dynamic things rather mm -hmm. than actually making things i mean you can make things but it's just you can't really do like hard surface modeling it's mainly yeah. just like importing objects or creating terrain or whatever they feel like and i haven't even used unreal yeah and no, like i, I I was gonna say though, like you could learn how to import all the models and stuff in like an hour. Like it's very streamlined and simple. Uh, the Blender 
it, it gets complicated with animations, and that's why originally I did want to actually end this project 3000 in Unreal. But I was realizing like I have a lot of animated objects that are interacting in really complex ways. It's not as simple as a, a, a character rig moving. It's much more about like I have a character on a rail that's parent to an empty that's <laughs> that has modifiers on it. Like there's so <laughs> many, and then you know there's three divers. There's uh, multiple fit animated fish uh, objects. There's um, 3000, uh, which is actually two separate models. So there's so many like layers and I'm like, I need to like start off simpler if I want to do animation in Unreal. Cause I'm literally gonna spend like waste so much. And I just want to get this fucking project out cause it's obviously been going on for so long now. It's like- Yeah, it's like, it's like the next project is gonna be more of where we see what we can do with Unreal. Cause mm -hmm. Blen Blender's just, I don't know, it's just too much for that or something. Like, we need to figure out something that's more streamlined for what we're trying to do and be able to push out videos faster and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, we can't be dealing with, like, huge render times and all that and the yeah. glitches with linked projects and all that. So, mm -hmm. like, yeah. Unreal kind of has their shit together more because they're, like, an actual, like, company that... <laughs> Like they're like an actual, I mean, Blender is an actual company, but like Unreal has sort of, it's like a lot more, what's the word? I guess like streamlined or something. Well, it's like a huge, it's, it's like, it's a huge company, you know, all that Fortnite money yeah. essentially funded. Yeah, Unreal. yeah, exactly. That's what um, I'm trying to say. Like it's, yeah. it's a lot more like they, they have their shit together when it comes to actually everything working and all that blender's just like a team that eventually built a really good software yeah and it took a lot of time and there's still there's still a lot that needs to be fixed in blender mm -hmm. it's definitely also like still growing it's not like there. yeah one thing with blender i think is like they they almost have like too many different areas in it that mm -hmm. you could vote like that you can do 2D animation, you can do compositing, you can literally do like everything in Blender. But I feel like for the team, it makes it so yeah. they can't focus on one area as easily. Mm -hmm. It's like they don't know what to focus on next or something. Like they don't like they they should be focusing on certain problems with like the the actual like modeling side of things or like uh like things with and I'm saying like a lot things with like real time uh, lighting and everything like they I wish they'd go on par or uh, get up to par with Unreal's real time lighting and all that because Unreal is like almost there when it comes to like cycles levels of mm. lighting and just how how good of looks you can, or visuals you can get yeah. with that software like it can be almost on par with blender's cycles so i, I wish i, I really wish to the, like work with the rtx all the ray tracing yeah stuff yeah yeah i know like that that one demo that they did for playstation 5 or whatever it's mm -hmm. like it's just amazing like i can't even believe that yeah. it's just crazy to me it's like hard to even comprehend that it looks that good because it literally looks like it was pre-rendered in cycles or something mm -hmm. like 
So there's definitely downsides to Blender, but in terms of like actually just making things and how easy it is to just really create something without like thinking about it too much or something, Blender's so great at that. I think it is better than any other 3D software. It's also the best time to get into it now because of the swarm of tutorial videos out there now. There's so much more like tutorial videos out there than even like a year ago. Um, like it's almost become a meme now of just, uh, <laughs> I've been quarantined, so I'm learning Blender and I'm almost gonna do a tutorial channel because I'm learning Blender and I'll just make, to, I'll pull tutorials out of my ass kind of thing. <laughs> um, which has been kind of why I've been pushing off doing too many tutorials. Uh, I mean, for me also, it's because I just want to keep my head down and get this project out. And then I've been writing a list of tutorial ideas. And then once the project is like basically done on my end, I'm just going to sit down and just pump out a bunch of tutorials that I wish I had for myself. And I mean, you, same thing with you. Uh, you were saying that too for like certain things uh, that you wish you had tutorials on. Um, so stick around, I guess, uh, if you're interested in like bunch of tutorials for when 3000 comes out, we'll have a whole thing on our second channel where we're going to be trying to do that. Now it's public, so uh, <laughs> no sweat, guys. No, um, we, we have a, it should be really easy because uh, I've been kind of figuring out how to do like a really smooth but simple yet efficient way of doing tutorials without spending hours writing scripts or anything like that. Um, and we've already made tutorials, so it's not our first one. Um, but okay, I really. We've already made our first tutorials. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, I really sidetracked myself with that, with the tutorial stuff. Um, fuck, where are we talking? Oh, Blender, Unreal. Oh yeah, I, I guess like one last thing just to wrap up the whole segment on like talking about the programs. A huge reason why I've been wanting to get into Unreal, other than all the stuff we said already, is because Unreal Engine Five and the MetaHuman stuff are basically they're really really working with mocap and like trying to make mocap animation a huge part of Unreal. So like right now they have a thing, MetaHumans, that lets you like design a realistic looking human that's mocap friendly. So you don't need to rig the person. You don't need to do all those really tedious pain in the ass parts that take so much time and is very hard to do. Um, and modeling a realistic human period is really, really hard to do. So literally just being able to skip that step immediately in its own makes it like, in my opinion, worth learning Unreal. And then on top of that, if this ends up being true, they're saying that you don't need to do, um, fuck, what's it called when you simplify the the, the poly the geometry? Uh, oh wait, no, uh, retopology. Yeah, retopology. So basically, I was thinking of rotoscoping. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so supposedly they're saying that you can literally skip that entire step of production in Unreal Engine Five if it's just like not animated. So if it's just like a piece of the uh, background or something, which is huge, that will save so much time. Um, so literally there's like two really big things that are coming out, I think literally the end of this year for Unreal, that would literally save us like weeks of, of work. Um, like for example, for 3000 rigging, I, well, I was also learning from scratch, but rigging the divers literally took me, I think about two weeks to learn. Um, Cause I was learning. And then I also took me another week probably to how to learn how to like transfer mocap data to an animation friendly rig. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna get too into it cause this isn't like a tech podcast. Um, and I'm sure we could always just kind of talk more in depth about it on the second channel when we do the more tutorials and stuff. Um, but 
Uh, let's see. I, I guess, yeah, just to go back to like how like coronavirus was affecting the channel and everything. Um, one of the silver linings, so I eventually did get laid off or my hours got severely cut from because uh, of COVID cuts um, at the end of the year. So starting January, I basically had no job. Um, so the silver lining was I actually got to work full time on the podcast. I mean, um, not on the podcast, well, actually the podcast too, but also the, the channel, that's what I meant to say, Phone Foundry. And it was the most productive months of my life, like still is, because I've been able to just sit down. There's no like major interruptions. Like to me, momentum is very important. And if I'm jumping between jobs, it really, really screws me up. But also conveniently is also this entire fall and winter. I've been working a lot on like, I finally got really into meditating back again. So I've been doing it almost every day. Um, I do like skip days. It's not like perfect. Um, I feel like just important to mention that because people think that like you need to be superhuman or something to do meditation. And it's like, no, <laughs> it's very much, you can still benefit from it even if you do it like twice a week. Um, but that really helped me like understand like the anxiety and the pressure and the stressing myself out over nothing that was like really preventing me from just enjoying the process and not worrying about the outcome. Um, actually Bung, one of the YouTubers and Evan Royalty both kind of, I've talked to them in general over podcasts and just throughout streams and things like that. And both of them really have this philosophy of just enjoy the process. Don't worry about the outcome. And when you enjoy the process a lot more, you don't you tend to procrastinate a lot less because it's not like this big thing on the horizon. It's just, oh, I'm just doing this little thing now. Um, just having a ton of like tiny goals. So literally when I'm working now, I have a whole list of just, okay, this is what I'm gonna do in the morning. This is what I'm gonna do in the afternoon. And then it's not a huge deal if I don't finish everything today. I just push it off to tomorrow, but at least I got stuff done today. I wasn't like panicking and stressing myself out and then procrastinating. And, um, and then also, uh, there's a great podcast called the Huberman lab podcast. And that helped me so much with fixing my sleep, which <laughs> Nick, I, we'll talk about you in a second about uh. your interesting. Well, if you want, you don't have to, um, uh, I'm very open <laughs> publicly, but, um, no, I don't care. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that was a really, so he's a neuroscientist at Stanford and he has a great podcast about like neuroplasticity and like how to make your brain more plastic so you can learn faster. Um, since I also have been getting interested in learning second language a lot more lately, that's like kind of been my little hobby on the side. Um, but that he talked a lot about like productivity and like what drives productivity. And he really talked about like what he personally does for structure and how like for me personally, I definitely need structure. And so me, again, being able to work full time, I finally had the freedom to just design the perfect workday for me, like the perfect workday schedule. Um, and that helped so much. And I found the number one thing that I need is a morning routine. If my day gets set off wrong, I am just like, I cannot focus. I'm all over the place for the rest of the day. Um, it really like trashes all like work potential. And, I'm, and I also don't work as efficiently. I can't like get into that deep focus flow state. Um, when I don't have that structure. Um, so I very much like have the blinders on, I wake up. So I guess I'll just tell people my morning routine, my daily routine uh, uh, ideally usually is, is I wake up same day, same time every day. I listen to some music to wake up. I have a harsh, no browsing social media when I wake up, no Reddit, no, even discord. I try not to like, maybe I'll respond to you in the morning, but like 
um that's like i try to just stay off my phone and only just listen to some music to wake up then i'll do a 10 minute yoga sesh just to like get myself i've just found like stretching and just kind of get the body moving i my brain just kind of wakes up a lot faster i don't really have like that morning fog um and then i sit down and i just work for an hour uh it's usually around 10 and then around 11 i have like my meal because i i don't eat breakfast I, I do a whole intermittent fasting thing. And I sound like such a fucking hipster right now. But <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny because I'm the one that looks like a hipster. Yeah, I, I you don't, don't even look like a hipster. <laughs> I used to, though. That was literally a nickname in high school I fucking had. Oh my God. Cringe. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> um, so then I usually, then I take, uh, I then I eat lunch and I'll do usually, not every day, but. I try to do like a 10 minute meditation through this app I use. You know, I'm not sponsored by any of this, but I'll just shout it out. Anyway, wake, I use the Waking Up app by Sam Harris. That is the only app I've ever used that has actually gotten me to consistently stay on meditating. Cause I've always dabbled with meditation and stuff in the past throughout high school and into college. And I never maintained it ever. I would kind of do it maybe a couple times a week then forget about it for like four months or six months. And then like, I'd start like having a lot of issues or of depression or anxiety and stuff. And then I'm like, oh, I should meditate again. So I'd wait for like things to go to shits again <laughs> before I start meditating, which is like not the way you want to go about it. Um, so when I use that app every day and it makes it very, very easy and convenient to um, just do a really nice brief 10 minutes. And they really talk about like procrastination, productivity and stuff like that. And just like emotional health stuff too. Um, so I do that. Then I, I've been going on a walk every day because uh, being inside all day, every day while I'm quarantining, I was like starting to gain weight and I'm like, nah, we're not doing this. So, and that's just, that I actually really, weight. huh? <laughs> I lost weight. Oh my God. I lost like 20 pounds. Holy shit. I don't know why. I don't know if it was like, there was, there was a period last year where I was like pretty stressed out and I, just didn't really have an appetite. Mm. So I wasn't really eating a whole lot. I was still eating though. Yeah. I think it wasn't, it was kind of like during that period, but it was also like after that, I just, for some reason my weight kept on going down mm. and uh, like way, like two years ago, I was like 165 or something. And now mm. I'm like 130. Oh my God. So it's, I don't know. It's just like happened and I'm still, I, I end up going down to like 125 and then I was like, all right, I got to start eating a bunch of shit or something to like try to get my weight back up a little bit. Cause mm -hmm. like even, even one, whenever I was like 165 or whatever, like that was like, you could tell I was like a little, I wasn't like heavy or anything. I just like, you could tell like in my face and everything, mm -hmm that it was like a little bit more chubby and everything. So I definitely wanted to lose weight, but I didn't want to lose like 40 pounds. Yeah. So, uh, I think if I get to like 135 or something, I'll be good. Like anywhere between 135 and 145 is probably good, but yeah, I don't know why I lost that much weight. It, well, I, it's, it sounds really like weird. stress. Cause I know, um, for some people, they just like lose all appetite and they're really stressed. Yeah. I mean, 
the first like three months of COVID, I don't think I've ever been that stressed in my life. Mm. Like I was, it was mainly because of like relationship stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, we already talked about this. I don't really want to talk about it right now, but like that just, I don't know. It, it almost changed me as a person though. Mm. Like after that, I feel like I was probably at one of my lowest points ever. Yeah. Like mentally, like I've been in lower point, like I've been in lower points in other ways, I guess, before that. But that specific time, like I literally felt like physically sick mm -hmm. and I, I, for like literally two months, I just like couldn't eat anything. I was just like, I, I felt sick when I tried to eat because I was like so stressed and it was like, I didn't even realize I was that stressed until after I was that stressed. Mm -hmm. Like while I was that stressed, I, I just like, didn't even know like what I was feeling because it was just so weird and it was just weird. But, um, right now I feel like I'm in a really good place. I'm definitely not as like organized with my time as you are like how you have a schedule and everything because <laughs> yeah my sleeping schedule is like <laughs> i don't even have a sleeping schedule i don't even know why i say sleeping schedule because it'll be like oh sleep not even an hour one day and then stay up the whole night after that and then all of a sudden just sleep the whole day and then I don't know and then go to work because I work midnights at that one yeah. job and I don't know it's just really weird like I have I never really get a break from doing stuff because like one day it'll be like oh uh go see my girlfriend because I go see her one day for the week and then mm -hmm. it's like next three days I go and I have to go into work <laughs> at midnight and then the only days I somewhat get a break is like Saturday night and Sunday but usually on those days then my dad needs help or something mm -hmm. doing something and then Monday and Tuesday I do this stuff so it's like I don't know. I just don't know how to make a schedule out of that. Like it's, it's so just weird, especially when my dad, his job isn't even a schedule. It's just like yeah. random. It's like, Oh, well, looks like we got to go do a windshield or something. So I don't know. It's, it's really weird. I don't know how to make a schedule out of it. The main thing that's really screwing me right now is working midnights though. Mm -hmm. And if I, if I worked day shift though, I don't think I'd feel as like motivated to do other things. Cause it's just not me. Like I feel fine with how things are right now. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I don't feel like I'm stressed cause I'm not sleeping or something like that. Like I feel like if I was working a day shift though, then I feel like I wouldn't have the time that I would want or something. I, I don't know. It's weird. Like 
the certain way that I guess I feel after my shift or something, I know I wouldn't feel that same way if I was working a day shift. Mm -hmm. Like I, I can stay up for a few hours after I work midnights and do some stuff. Like I can work on something for a little bit. But if I was working a day shift where I wake up in the morning and I work for eight hours or something, I know I just feel like absolute shit after that. Yeah. And then I'd probably then my schedule would be go to sleep when I get home and then wake up at like three AM or something and then work at that time before I go to work or something. Mm. So I don't know. It's I've always had trouble sleeping, even when I was a baby. Like I don't know why I've never been able to keep a consistent schedule. Yeah. So I mean it kind of sucks, but I don't really mind it. I just wish I wasn't working midnights at this one job right now because mm. I wish I could have that time for other things. I don't really care about my sleeping schedule, though. I'm, it's just, I'm the exact opposite. I'm one of those people who are like, if I don't get like eight hours, I'm just like, I like. Okay, well, here's the, here's the actual weird thing. And my girlfriend actually noticed this the other day. She's the one that actually pointed it out. When I stay up all night or something, and then I go out and do something, I'm a lot more energetic than I am if I go to sleep and then wake up and go do something. I know why. It's, I, 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 that's happened to me before, too. Uh, it's because what happens is your body goes into overdrive, and so they're just like slamming you with adrenaline. So that's why you'll like feel super like hyper huh. awake. Um, Cause that happens to me all the time. Mm -hmm. Like it just, that's, that's sort of the same thing that happens like where I'd rather stay up all night working on something like yeah. any of the stuff that we're doing. I'd rather stay up all night and work. Cause I feel so much more energetic and productive during that time than I do. If I try to go to sleep, wake up pretty early and then work on it. And like tonight I just, I stayed up all night and I couldn't sleep. And then I just said, screw it. And I just started working. I mean, I probably could have started working earlier, mm -hmm. but I was trying to sleep. And then by the time it got to be 10 AM, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to work now and just do my eight hours for today. Yeah. So, but like, that's when I, like I had that adrenaline going or whatever. And it was like preventing me from sleeping. And then mm -hmm. I just decided to work. And now like I feel energetic and I feel like I can work and everything. Do you crash but, though? Cause usually what happens once you get that like adrenaline boost about mid to late day, you just crash. Um, like bad. Definitely. If I, if I stay up long enough, I I'll crash, but like it's, if I kind of accept it, <laughs> like, like if I'm so tired or I'm just like, all right, fuck this. I'm going to sleep. Mm -hmm. Then that's when I crash. It won't, it won't even be like con consciously. It'll be like in my head. I'm just like, all right, fuck this. I'm going to sleep. And then I'll just sleep. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I choose to just like accept it. But at the same time, I kind of do, because if I want to, I can keep myself awake past that time if I yeah. really wanted to. And usually if I do that, then I get like, another boost of yep. adrenaline mm -hmm. after like a couple hours or something of being like tired all of a sudden adrenaline will come back and i'll be like all right back into the gist of things 
Like there's been a couple times where I've stayed up for like two days and just like Pretty tried much. working on stuff. That is so bad for you. Like just to, just to explain, like uh, when you get into the overdrive, that's like you're basically running on empty, um, and your body is just like pushing you even further. Uh, and the reason why you get that crash and then it comes back has to do with like circadian rhythm. So basically, like we're on a cycle. We literally have a clock that like we naturally run on. Yeah. But your mind's fucked up. I will say, like, I'd be pretty confident if you went to a sleep scientist, you're definitely not like normal when it comes to like circadian rhythm because you, even you were saying, like, as well, a baby, you had a hard time sleeping. I mean, like, I actually I did go to a sleep scientist, like, uh -huh. or I think it was, what is it? Uh, well, actually, I went to a neurologist hmm. and they did like an MRI on me. Oh yeah. Just to like study my brain waves or something. I don't know. And I did a sleep study and. Um, they said I like definitely have insomnia. They mm. said, they said they don't like, they don't think it's like chronic insomnia, but it's definitely like there. I can't remember exactly what they said. This is like three years ago or something, oh, shit. but they, I can't remember what exactly they called it, but it's not like chronic insomnia. It's mm. just like, it's like a step under chronic insomnia or something like that. It's it's like I'm almost an insomnia, but I'm not. <laughs> okay. All right. I, like, I actually didn't know that. Or you might have told me actually that a while ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. Uh but like there there will be times where it's just like I'll I'll work my midnight shift and then I'll stay up all day and then I'll work my midnight shift again and then I won't be able to sleep after that. And then I'll finally crash at like 2 p.m. the next day or something. Oh, God. Like it is it is so messed up. And people will tell me at work like, dude, you look like shit. <laughs> and because <laughs> like I was I was working and then I stayed up and then I went back to work. And like during work, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like I'm like sleeping while working. It's so weird. Like. I, I will literally be working and not even like be conscious. It's almost like I'm sleepwalking sometimes. And this hasn't actually happened a lot though. Mm. It's only been like four times or something within, I don't know, the seven months I've been working oh, there okay. or whatever. But uh, it's definitely, I, I'd say the thing that happens more often is like I'll sleep for like an hour and then I'll go to work. Like I'll stay up and then I'll stay up all day or I'll work and then I'll stay up all day and then I'll sleep for like an hour and then go to work. So I guess that's just as bad. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, people will definitely notice and they'll just be like, what the fuck, man? Like, and I'll, I'll be like, dude, I did not sleep at all. I'm still up from last night. And they'll just be like, what the hell is wrong with you, man? Yeah. So I feel like the uh, the erratic, like your dad needing you for like things, is really the number one thing that's like why you can't have like a solid. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's. I mean, he he's definitely started to respect my time more lately, though. Like mm -hmm. he hasn't been just abruptly needing me for things as much. Like it's been maybe like once a month or something where he's really done that mm -hmm. uh there's been usually like 
other times it's like, can you help me tomorrow or something? And I'll just like agree just to help him. Cause like, I mean, he's old, like yeah. he's, he's like, he's 50. So he, he, it's hard on him. So yeah. I understand, but like, he's getting close to the point where he wants to retire. Hmm. He might still do it on the side or something, but I don't know. It's, it's definitely not, it hasn't been as much as it used to be. Like it used to be like, yeah, I remember. It, yeah. it used to be almost like my actual job. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was working like, I don't know, maybe like five days a week or something. And that like seriously fucked me. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I hate waking up at like six or 7 a.m. Yeah. yeah, same. And working until like two, sometimes all the way to like 5 p.m that's just like the worst I, I hate that like i don't know how and see back then he used to do he used to work his ass off like mm. crazy like back like when i when i was still like a kid he would do like a hundred windshields a day oh like he'd God. work like he'd work like 14 hours and he was making fucking good money but it was like i don't know how someone yeah. I don't know how someone could do that. Like, that, that, I think that was only for a couple of years. Like, he made a shit ton mm. off of doing that. But I, I don't know. I think he kind of got sick of doing that much work all the time. So then he kind of brought it down a little bit. Yeah. And then, and then in two thousand eight, the whole recession happened, and then mm. that that kind of like if he would have had more work that probably would have been good at that time. Like if he would have had those jobs where he was doing like a hundred windshields a day or whatever, like that probably he, he would have still been making great money during that recession and everything. Cause it wouldn't have hit him as hard. Yeah. But the fact that he sort of like started choosing his work and everything mm -hmm. before that might've fucked him a little bit. Yeah. But I don't know. It's, it's still been sustainable for him and everything. So I don't know where I'm going with that. It's well, just... I mean, like, so I come from a film background, so I used to like do PA jobs. So people who don't know what PA are, they're basically like the bottom rung on a film set. They basically help out on film sets and they're just kind of like the lackey, you know, you tell them to get this or get that or move this. Um, you're, you're the bottom of the pyramid. Um, yeah, so you're I, like the slave. Pretty much, literally. <laughs> the producer will just tell you whatever they want you to do. Um, so I used to do a lot of PA jobs uh, when I got out of college. And uh, that would be like, so I would have to commute to New York City. I don't live in New York City. So the commute alone would be like an hour and a half to get there, uh, you know, on the train, on the subway. And, you know, cause it'd be like, we'd be doing stuff in Brooklyn, which is like not like super quick to get to. So I would be working with commute like 16 hours a day. I would literally come home, have to sleep, eat and sleep immediately rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And I was just like, what am I doing? Like, I'm doing this for crap pay. This is kind of felt like a dead end job because I'm meeting people who have been doing this for like five, six years on these sets. And they're like, 
You're just like you can see the soul has been like ripped <laughs> from their body. I'm oh just god, like, I can't even imagine doing that for that many years. Yeah, what's like, she, I don't even think you're supposed to do that. No, for you're that not. Many years. No, it's like it's like is, the bottom of the line yeah. one year job or something just to get your foot in the door a little bit. This is okay. This is my like theory, and I'm sure other people in the film industry will probably disagree with this. But in my personal experience, there's a lot of these like producers out there that I worked with, that it was very much like a, oh, you got to put in the work and then you'll rise to the, the ranks. And then when I see the actual reality of like talking to people who actually are like producers or directors and stuff like that, they very much got to those ranks because they had a body of work on the side that got them hired. It wasn't being a PA for three years that got them to like being, sorry, I'm, not producers, more director, because the director is a creative thing. So like, I want to be a director. I don't want to be necessarily really like, I only do producing, I only do that. So like if doing PA work and if you want to be a director, it is very much like unless you're PAing and you have connect or like you're PAing for a director and you're not actually working on anything, you're wasting your time. Like, so that's, I kind of had a moment where I'm just like, fuck it, like I have to just do something else. So I just got like a part-time job and just started working on the channel uh, like um, as a, as like a, as a second job essentially um, because like, and then on top of that, it was just like, it was literally like destroying my mindset. Like my, like working like 12 hour days for crap pay. But realistically I was working 14 to 16 hour days, not 12 hour days. Um, How and, much were you even get pay, getting paid for that? Yeah, I can talk about this. I'm not saying the company names. Uh, I think I was getting paid like, well, the last job I worked, I think I got paid like $190, $200 over 16 hours. Like, it's just not worth the pay. Like, I think that's still, like, above minimum wage, but it's just not worth, like, the toll, the, the mental toll on That's really on a shit pay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm making, like, 13, almost $13 an hour at my job right now. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, if I really, like, worked full-time there, I could make, like, a good, like, 600 a week. Yeah. If I really wanted to. So it's, yeah, it's... Not that shit. Like that's there, a pretty shit. There were thing, some but, other like really yeah. good PA jobs I had that were really comfy because it was like at an office in Manhattan and like it would be like nine to five and I get paid day rate. And I'm like, oh, that's actually like really fair price. That's like a really fair pay um, for what I'm doing. And I felt like respected by that company too. So there's like other aspects that was nice. Um, but anyway, that aside, I really like have a lot of beef with this idea that like you need to work x amount of hours because there's a really toxic mentality i've ran into a lot in the film industry where it's like people brag about how little sleep they've gotten how many hours they work in a week and it's just like that's just like not sustainable it's like a really toxic mentality i feel like because i'm very much about like work smart not work hard and i found like so i've also worked a normal office job or work eight hours a day and like you don't actually work for eight hours like in reality, especially because around the end of the day, a lot of people start talking to coworkers or slacking off or whatever. You only really work like six to four hours if it's a slow day. Um, you're not actually working like sit down eight hours and boom, it's like super productive. Um, so that's why like me personally, I like doing a 10 to six schedule and I end up, you know, after my breaks and coffee breaks and yada yada, I end up working about like six solid hours. And because I have all these like breaks and little things sprinkled in between, um, I, it's like much more deep, efficient work and less of like a, me getting sidetracked and like, you know, not working super focused. Uh, so again, going back to the Huber and Lab podcast, 
he has a whole thing with the neuroplasticity and like when you're learning things. And so literally like, as you're talking, this past seven months has just been me learning a new thing like every day. It's not like I'm going to work and just doing a thing I know how to do. It's very much, well, I'm starting to get to that, which feels so good. Like I was saying how like recently I was rigging like a fish a couple, I don't know, like maybe last month. And like, I didn't need to look up a tutorial. I to modeled do that. that fish. Huh? <laughs> Wait, was it the fish that I modeled? Yeah, yeah, it was the grouper uh, one. Yeah. So like I was able to rig that and I could just do it. And I was like, oh my God, it was so much faster. It was so much like smoother. It like took a lot less like processing power. Um, and I didn't have to hunt down like a million tutorials and things like that. But um, uh, what was I saying? Oh uh, yeah, so basically I found is like when you're like actively doing really challenging work every day, you're, you can only really actually focus for about an hour. They've done a lot of studies on this, uh, in particular, that's like his focus in neuroscience is like efficiency work and like learning, like neuroplasticity. And so he was finding that literally only for like an hour. And so what he was saying is like, set yourself up for an hour and a half. And then the last 30 minutes are really not gonna be focusing, but it's good to like push it. I cheat a little, I just do an hour. And then what I do is I take like a little break um, and then I come back. So maybe I'll just get a snack or make some coffee. And then I come back, do another hour sesh, and then I just keep doing that until I hit six, and then I'm like done for the day. Um, I'm human, distractions happen, and I found the best way to avoid distractions is to literally put my phone in another room. Just like not have it even like in my space so that I can even look at it. <laughs> so like, yeah, I will be honest, that's a huge ass distraction of mine. Like sometimes mm -hmm. I'll just pick it up and I'll just be like, I don't know, I'll just randomly like scroll through Instagram yep. or something. And it's just like, fuck, I gotta focus it's on It's really show. hard. Uh, I still like have slip ups because like sometimes I need Discord for work because like I'll be talking to you or Cedric and like, or I'll be using, I use my sister's Discord chat as a way to like chronicle like shots I want to save or like, <laughs> or like notes for work <laughs> without me. Because I have a weird thing, I don't like creating like unnecessary files and clutter. Um, I think so I won't like create a text file, I'll just send a message on Discord. So that's where it can get tricky. But what I found is like, I just mute all the servers I'm in. Cause I- That's what I do. Yeah, the way I view it is like, I have a monkey brain. And so <laughs> like, I cannot just be like, oh, I'll just stay focused. I literally have to be like, no, I cannot avoid grabbing the cookie. I just need to remove the cookie from the equation. So if I can just get rid of all the cookies out of my room, it is like 10 times easier to focus than and so, for example, when I take that break, I don't look on my phone. What I do is I do a break that doesn't involve my phone. So I'll just like sit down, listen to some music. That's usually what I do. Or if I'm listening to a podcast, I'll just sit down with the podcast for a little bit. Because sometimes, depending on working, I can just listen to a podcast and work. Or I just make a snack. So like I have some go-to snacks I do and just like a little something just to like free up my mind. Because especially with animation, I feel like it like melts my brain after an hour and I'm like, ugh. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know how people just sit there and do animation for like hours and hours. Like, like the actual animation of like moving mm -hmm. like little fingers and stuff. Like, like you move it and then you move it a little bit more. And it's yeah. just like, ah, uh, like I actually used to try to do that in Cinema 4D. And I was like, I was pretty decent at it, but actually doing it, like just to get a character to like, shoot a bow or something because i was like doing it with minecraft characters oh, just yeah. to get a character to shoot a bow it took me like eight hours or something to animate the whole like like i think i just had him like walk or something and then he pulled out the bow and shot it at a creeper yeah it took like eight hours to do 
the whole animation and i was just like what the fuck how do people ever do this well so i would say uh the more you do something the less like mental processing power you need and so like for me i've noticed actually yeah this is a great example even for me in a small scale me animating like in January and me animating now, I can go for much longer periods now than I can in January. Just because like the more I animate, the more like it the more easy it gets, the more my brain adapts to it. And so especially if someone's been doing it for years, I think for them, sitting down and just animating, because they have so much experience with like understanding motion, uh momentum, like all the little details that you need to understand, like working with rigs and all that, it becomes less like taxing for you mentally than like for you when you're new to it and like you're still like this is why this project's been like really challenging for me it's like my first real um animation project um and i definitely okay you know i'm gonna i think this is a good segue to talk about like getting into your first animation film you want to learn blender what should you do uh don't do what we did <laughs> we bit off way more than we could chew but i knew that going in and so i guess i'll just explain my logic my logic was like i'm very intimidated about making an animated film so you know what, fuck it. Let's just go boss to the wall and let's just like make a short film, no matter what. Yeah, um, you literally never touched any 3D software before. And yeah. then you were like, let's make a short film. <laughs> yeah, not, not the brightest, but it was really like a mental reason for me because I wanted to get rid of that mental block of like, oh, that like that distant thing on the hill that I can like, I have to spend years to get to. I'm like, you know, let's just do it now. Let's just well, I mean, kind of- It did work though. It yeah, work. I learned a lot um, of a lot of very, very just, valuable see, lessons. The thing is, though, a lot of people might not have the same motivation that you did or determination. Mm -hmm. Like you really like for the last eight months or whatever, however long it's been. Fuck, yeah. You just like fucking put your mind to it almost every single day. Like you really. Well, I'd say the past three months, I've definitely put it every day. Uh, uh, when I worked the part-time job, it got very hard and I would just like have a week where I just didn't even fucking touch the Yeah. Well, see, like, um, you were like still doing tutorials and stuff at that time, mm -hmm. like Grant Abbott stuff or whatever. Yeah, I was still learning. That's fair. I, I'm a little hard on myself, I guess, for that. But, uh, because I was still actively learning a lot of stuff. That's true. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I, like, if I could change it, if I didn't have that mental block or that, like, Thing bothering me what i probably would have done instead and this is the way you should go about it is start off with really small like 20 second 30 second little like one scene or like one little thing so you can do like a bit or comedic thing or you can just be like a cool show-off cinematic of like uh i don't know you get a bunch of model pieces and you just make like a really cool cinematic like netflix style opener or something which is why that's the next thing i want to do um is a good way to learn how to do Unreal as I'm just doing a small little thing in Unreal first before we do, before I start doing all of uh, the next big film. Or what you could do, which is also what we're doing, sorry, a little rambled, uh, is if you have a really big project you want to do, that's like, say, like a seven or eight minute film, chop it up into pieces and write it so that it's in pieces. So like for the next film that we're doing, I literally wrote it in like a three act structure. So it's literally being split up into three separate pieces that you can watch on their own um, but they really are meant to eventually be seen as like one whole thing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, start small. Like don't don't like try to have like a million effects and like super complicated stuff <laughs> and like model everything from scratch. Maybe just like 
get models online. Like we, for example, we bought the diver model for like 10 bucks. Um, we didn't make everything from scratch. The fish thing, we literally just did a really dumb, like stupidly simple uh, Ian Huber tutorial where it's like, you just take a picture and you just like draw over a picture and boom, you have a fish model. Um, like it was so easy that even I could do it. Like, and I'm very like beginner with modeling. Um, so, I mean like, What's a little different too is like I had someone that like you already had like almost a year of experience in Blender and modeling, so that kind of let me go a bit more. Had the confidence to be like, "Fuck it, we'll just make a film." Um, and I still, I will say, coming out, I feel much more confident about my ability with animation. Like I don't feel <laughs> intimidated by like making a film now, um, but I definitely don't think it is the most efficient way of going about it. You know, the fact that it took us like eight months to get here. But I don't know, I could be wrong because there's a lot of like lessons I literally just would never have learned unless I just did a big project. Like even if I did a lot of micro projects, there's just certain things that you just will not learn unless you just get to a certain scale. Because a lot of the issues I ran into is because of the scale we were working at. Like I wouldn't, yeah. most of the linking issues I wouldn't have had um, on a smaller scale. I will say like a lot of stuff that I learned, it was, I'm trying to think of how to explain this, so. I learned like all the blender basics and I really gained a lot of knowledge over a year mm -hmm. of like a lot of like almost kind of like how to do everything when it comes to making a short film or something or just anything CGI, like making anything. Yeah. I don't know. Just learning as much as I could or whatever. And, but after that time, I feel like I learned a lot just from being able to grasp the concept itself. Like there's some things where it's like, everything kind of just really connects and it's like you can apply almost every other section of 3D to another section of 3D. So like, mm -hmm. I don't know, characters like, man, it's kind of hard to give an example actually. It's like, <laughs> Like on the spot, it's kind of hard to give an example. I'd have to like actually be doing it and be like, oh yeah, this could be used for that or something. Yeah. And it would be a totally different scenario than this. But like, see a lot of people think like, I don't know, hard surface modeling is totally separate from the whole process for like modeling a character or something mm. like that. When it really is kind of like it can be the same thing almost like when like when people say it's really complicated to make a character it it is it really is complicated to make a character that's probably the hardest thing to do in 3d hmm. but there's definitely ways to do it where it's not as hard as people might think it is like it, it could be just as easy as like hard surface modeling and I'm not saying hard surface modeling is easy either. Yeah. It's just like, like once you understand hard surface modeling, you can definitely apply that to modeling a character. That that applies more to modeling a character, not sculpting it. Hmm. Like, sort of like how I made your head. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like I modeled mm -hmm. that like in the same way I would with like hard surface modeling, and then I just use subdivision surface to make it smooth or whatever. Yeah. And it's essentially the same thing as hard surface modeling. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not like, like you're just trying to model what you would sculpt instead mm -hmm. of 
modeling something that's hard surface or something. I don't know. It's weird to explain. But well, I'll just explain real quick. For people who don't know, like most people, when I think of modeling, they think of sculpting. Where basically you have a ball and it's like yeah. working with clay, and they're essentially creating something out of that, like digital clay. The way you model and the way I model too is we do it more like Ian Hubert style, where it's very much like you have a cube or you have an <laughs> object, and you like usually over a reference image, you basically like model that shape to look like that image. Um, and it's not like as freeform, it feels much more like mathematical, um, where you just kind of push a entire face of a, a cube in one direction. Yeah, it's, like... it's more figuring out like the depth of certain things. And mm -hmm. like you, like, let's say you have a side view of a face and a front view, but you don't have like the, the three quarter view or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's like, that's where you kind of have to like figure out like what the depth of the face and like the eye sockets and all that would be just from looking at like a side view or something. Cause from, from the front and the side, it may look fine, but from this angle, it look weird. Yeah. It, it would look weird. So you really have to tweak it to make it look right. And that's, that's sort of the problem I had like with your head. Mm. <laughs> Cause like, um, I can't remember if you didn't take a picture of yeah, the Yeah, I didn't do a three-quarter. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. What it was. And, like, I literally had to look at pictures of you on Instagram to try to figure <laughs> out that angle. Because, <laughs> like, it, was, it kept on looking so weird. And I was like, man, that's just off. And then yeah. I finally got it after just tweaking and tweaking. And so I guess if... If you get really good at sculpting, it can be better in some ways or whatever, mm -hmm. but you really have to know your shit about topology if you want to make a usable model for a mm -hmm. film. Because, like, honestly, though, that's why I like just modeling the character because you don't have to deal with topology or retopology or whatever. Yep. The topology is like already go. there. Mm -hmm. And it gives you such a better understanding of how topology works. Mm -hmm. Like I, after I modeled your head, I think that was like my breakthrough of really understanding topology because I just, it's one of them things where it's like, you really have to just keep on doing it to actually get a grasp of it. You can't just like watch a tutorial and be like, Oh, that's how you do topology. Cause you have mm -hmm. to, you have to really learn how like certain things are going to flow yeah. And you you have to know like how to not create endgons and all that. And um you need to know when to use uh what's the term? It's like it's like when there's five um like edges coming out of one vertice instead of four. Uh, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, like I, I can't remember the term right now. Um but like things like that, like you really you really need to know like how to change the flow of the topology and where to use the certain techniques and all that. And it's it's super hard to grasp that because at first it looks like you just need to lay out a grid of squares and then shape them. Mm -hmm. But you really can't do that. You have to learn like if you have a square and a square, you can't. You can't just connect those and then like bend it a certain way. If you want, if you want a certain part of the face to be like curved, like the cheek or something, like where it, it goes in and then like it curves out like that. Yeah. That's where you'd use like, uh, like the five 
edges coming out because you'd need to make instead of having squares just like right next to each other like imagine this square and this is a square you'd have to like split them in a way to where you put a square in between them Mm-hmm. but it makes like almost a triangle, like a diamond actually. Diamond, so it's like yeah. you have a square right here and a square right here. And then you, instead of having those connect, you split them off like that. And then you have a square right there, which is that gap right there. Mm-hmm. And that's how like you totally change the flow of a certain part. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's just things like that where you really need to know when to do that yeah. with like fingers or hands or I, I will joints. say the, yeah, joints are the hardest one. fucking thing ever to do topology for is an ear. Yeah, I remember you telling me about I that. I swear yeah. to God, that took me like six hours to do your <laughs> ear because it was so like, it's so weird. Yeah. Like it's such a weird shape that you have to like, like if you make it wrong, it just doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. So... That is one of the hardest. I feel like ears are like the hardest thing to master when it comes to that. Well, the human face in general is super hard because we are so we are literally genetically designed to like recognize slight things that are off of the face. That's where you get the whole yeah. uncanny valley stuff. Where like that is, I think for every like modeler and artist, working with human face is the hardest and least forgiving out of anything you can like draw or model. Um, That's why it's good to kind of go for a stylized type of thing Mm -hmm. like not not all the way real yeah not like if you're trying to go for realism realism i feel like it's better to not try to go for like actual realism like maybe stylize it a little bit to where it's like you don't feel weird watching it or something like it's not like oh they tried to go for realism it's like oh they stylized it to where it looks really fucking good but it's not like they're trying to achieve realism or something yeah like i really like the uh that like anime that 3d look of uh the the halo anniversary um oh yeah scenes because it doesn't look like photorealistic but it looks good you know yeah it doesn't look pretty realistic though but like i like that it still kind of looks cartoony yeah just it has a certain feel to it that doesn't make it feel like they're trying to achieve realism even though Mm -hmm. it looks so real yeah like and it's it's really hard to like master how to do that Cause it's just, you really need to know like what you're doing with how you're going to texture things and just do everything, I guess, like model the characters in a certain way. Well, I really want to learn how to use shaders. So like for people who don't know, shaders basically allow you to like make something look like a 2D animation or, or can have a very stylized 3D animation look. Um, So that's like one way you could go about getting like a specific style with your 3d animation is working. Yeah. You're talking shaders. about like, like when you apply it and it makes it look kind of cartoonish, mm-hmm. but it's still like 3d. Yeah. 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 I know. I've, I've, that's like the one thing I actually have not touched in blender. I'd love to mess Fallen, with that. Fallen creature has been just messing with that. Um, he's another SV YouTuber slash anime, but in blender, that's what he's working on something right now when he's using shaders. And I'm like, oh, awesome. Like, I know someone who's actually doing this. So I can ask him questions about I it. Actually, eventually. I actually haven't seen a lot of people use the shaders and, like, make yeah. any short films or anything. There's one person I know who's making... So there's this manga berserk that's also an anime. And she's using it to basically recreate panels from the manga. Uh, they're black and white, but she'll, there'll be 3D spaces, and it will look like a 2D manga drawing. Like, it, like, blowed my mind. Yeah, I know. Crazy yeah, I, stuff. I've seen I've seen stuff like that. 
I think I sent something. I can't remember if I sent it to you. Um, it was like, it was this really weird, like, I think it was actually on Blender's page or something. Mm -hmm. It was like this 2D face, but like, it was like rotating around or something. Oh, I actually just, seen that. It just looked so crazy. Like I, it's hard to even explain, yeah. like I'd have to show it to you. But when you see it, it's just like so, it's one of them things where it's like, this is like mind boggling for how just crazy it looks. Cause like, it literally looks like it was drawn like a Disney film or something. Like wow. how they just That's trace crazy. over yeah. the frames or whatever, mm -hmm. like the old fashioned way of drawing. It looks like that, but it's like just a 3D model and it's like so perfectly proportioned and everything. Mm -hmm. but it looks 2d i don't know i love that but, i've always uh, kind of one thing i wanted to do with shaders is um create like some sort of like james bond type intro like have you seen yeah. have you seen like any of the james bond intros where it's like the kind i know of the i know the really classic like, one like the golden eye one i think is the one i know of. okay yeah yeah there's uh i think it's casino royale it kind of has like this like it's almost like a vector style. Mm -hmm. It's not vector, but it's like everything is like a a certain color and it's kind of like flat colors, mm -hmm. but it's sort of like you could totally do it with the uh, shader. <clears throat> Sorry, the shaders and blender mm -hmm. and you could like make certain characters like full black to where it's just like their silhouette and everything. That's cool. Yeah. I like and that. Yeah, I don't know. That's just one thing I've wanted to really do mm -hmm. with that. So, but uh, so tying back to like Unreal, the metahumans thing, that to me looks like the Halo anniversary characters. Like it looks like that, like semi-real but not super duper real. Yeah. Um, and that was like that's why I was also so happy about it. Cause it's like cool. Like this is literally the style I want to achieve, and it's here. Yeah, it's like it's like the perfect stylized care like yeah it's it's exactly what i was talking about like the mm -hmm. perfect stylized character where it's like realistic but it's not it's not trying to achieve realism yeah it's just trying to look like believable mm -hmm. like yeah. it's kind of it's almost like similar to how like if you look at like a disney movie or something whenever a character is like feeling a certain emotion you can still like connect that emotion with them and everything that's like what those characters are doing without it making without making it feel weird that yeah. you're like watching a 3d character or something mm -hmm. like it still looks real but it's like it's not to the point where it's like uncomfortable it just still mm -hmm. it's enough to where it feels real enough for you to like connect with them or something yeah so um oh i so actually i this is i'm probably gonna have to cut this for a clip uh together but going back to the beginner thing for um when you're working on your first like film or animated film period and so this is a lesson that we've talked about a lot is plan 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 so like the big thing for me was like plan your shots like before you even start animating or getting models or anything really like find art that inspires the the tone you want you know don't blatantly just copy people's stuff but like take stuff try to grab a lot of inspiration from other great artists you respect. So like stand on the shoulder of giants, you know, and then 
So like, for example, with the new film, what I'm doing is I literally created an artboard of like, oh, I like this shot, I like this shot. And this shot. I literally have a sequence of a storyboard already of all the shots. And then what I did is I literally drafted up um, the the new location. I literally, uh, in Blender, made a really rough draft for you of like, here are all the portions, you know? Um, and I made sure that like, there's no waste. Like we're not modeling things that will not end up not being used in the film. Yeah. Um, so- Like I knew exactly what locations to, make and everything and what areas are going to be seen and all that yeah and see that that's what that kind of goes back to like how i was saying like you you probably just opened blender and did that in like a pretty short amount of time mm -hmm. and it was so easy and it got it the point across minutes, for me yeah yeah and it, it got the whole point across for me to start actually creating something really good so like that's just what I love about Wonder, like it's, it's so, just so easy uh, to do. It's so much better than like just like drawing it out in grid paper, you know. Yeah, like, I know. Like I, having that three D reference, you know. Yeah, I know. I've literally started resorting to using three D for certain things like that. Like I, I literally modeled. Um, I think it was like, I think it was this was like a few months ago or something. But I modeled like a computer, and I figured out like the dimensions and everything, and mm -hmm. like if the like I looked up the certain case and everything and seen if like everything would fit in that case and all yeah. that. Like mm -hmm. I, I did that just so I could like make sure everything was going to fit properly and all that. And it's just so much better than trying to like draw it out and try yeah. to like figure out the dimensions and all that. Cause like, I don't know, like you can literally type in the dimensions and all that in blender. Like you can well, work in a real scale. We're, we're like literally, evolved to view things in a 3d format so that's why it's so much more like tactile if you can just see it 3d even if it's on a screen so literally what i plan on doing when i move out and get in my own place so i'm literally going to measure the apartment and then i'm going to do rough measurements of all my furniture and i'm literally going to recreate it in blender because it was like so fun and it was so easy to do and i'm not like going they're just gonna be cubes it's not gonna be like a complex geometry but it's just enough to get like the scaling and reference um but the other thing um uh blah, 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 blah. for like just the tie back for like planning uh stuff was um oh i just had that thread so yeah for for planning things out um that i didn't do with 3000 was i didn't make that really solid um story because we <laughs> i was figuring this out we redid the entire project three times or at least me. I really? rewrote the script three times completely. This is after like the drafts. Like this is like supposed to be the final script. Like I've been cutting lines left and right because that's the thing. As a writer, I write too much shitty dialogue and I just start cutting it down because <laughs> I'm like, ooh, this does not sound good. Um, and just like simplify, simplify, simplify. Um, the shot sheet I've definitely done three times, and so that's why it was tricky for me to like, boom, this is the shot sheet and we're going. So that's why with the old, the next project, the old man. I did the entire process before we even got to the animation part. So like I rewrote the old man, I think three or four times. For some reason, it's always like three or four times for me to until things <laughs> find a click. I did the shot sheet two times and I got, no, I did it three times. Oh my God, this is weird. This is a weird pattern I had. I redid the shot sheet completely from scratch three times. And the third time is when things like really were clicking together. And then I made a reference board. So I use um, picture ref, I think that's the program. And you literally can just paste 
uh, a bunch of pictures onto this gray screen. And it makes it so easy to just organize. I basically made a column for you to look at of all, okay, this is the sequence of the shots. And I just used a lot of art that inspired me as like a rough estimate. And then, uh, yeah, and then I used Blender as a, but, but the other thing that I plan on doing for the next location in that film is I'm gonna make a 3D reference of the apartment scene. And then what I'm gonna do is gonna make, well, we actually already have the 3D models for the, the soldiers, but I'm gonna actually recreate X amount of shots instead of using references I found. So you have a more accurate picture of what each shot is gonna look like. So that when you're modeling again, you, you know, like you have a gist of like, okay, the camera's not gonna see that, the camera will see this. And this is the main point I wanted. If you want to be a director, uh, so I forget his first name, but his name's Sandberg. He did um, he did a bunch David of- David Sandberg? David Sandberg, yeah. He did, um, oh my God, how am I blank? He did Shazam. That's probably his, like my favorite film that he did. Um, and a bunch of horror films. But literally he learned how to use Blender, just the basics for this exact reason. He literally says, instead of doing like hand-drawn storyboards anymore, he just does all his storyboards or a lot of his storyboards in Blender. Because he's like, literally oh, the dream that. is that yeah. you could have moving camera motion, like camera motion in your storyboard instead of drawing arrows. And it's really not. So what he does is he creates a really basic mock-up like with a bunch of cubes and maybe a basic human stand-in model that he got for free online on like Turbo Squid. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's a stiff T-pose. It's not like even like a raid character, I think. Um, although you could just Yeah, it's do enough it. to just like get the point across for yeah. other people to like see, okay, this is where it's going with mm -hmm. like the composition and all that. And it's so, so much more intuitive than trying to explain a storyboard to someone, especially if you're not a good artist, which I'm not, and he's also not. So that's also why he got uh, into it. Um, and there's so many like free models you can get online that you can basically use. You don't even have to model everything yourself, um, you know? So that is like, so for example, for old man, that's one thing I do plan on doing before we really get into nitty gritty stuff. That's actually more so for me and less for you. This is more for the animators is like, yeah. I'm going to be animating all the camera pathways before I do any animations, because you don't want to waste your time animating something, spending hours animating something that will never be used. So like, that's why I'm going to do all the rough camera motions and all that stuff and literally have like, T-pose characters just like gliding across <laughs> the floor <laughs> before like investing all that time and like making it super realistic, the animation and stuff like that. So that's the whole like work smart, not work hard kind of stuff that you want to do. And it's honestly, in my opinion, I love doing the planning stuff probably the most um, other than the writing uh, um, and the creative aspect of stuff. Cause to me, it's like so effortless and so easy to do like technically speaking, yeah, that you can just kind of do it and dang it out in like 30 minutes or an hour. And you just, there's like very clear that you were getting things done um, and things are working. Um, yeah, it kind of feels like you're progressing and everything. Yeah. Um, and especially after you've already learned the basics, it's just like, you're just riffing. You're not like fighting the tech or fighting the software. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so we should wrap things up. I will say currently, 3000 still being wrapped up. I don't know when it's going to be done because uh, we're still working on the composing. I'm wrapping up. I'm hoping to finish it honestly this week or at the end of the, uh, this week. And then like you got to do the fresh cut of the audio. And then we have our composer who's working on the music. Um, so I don't know when it'll release when this podcast is out. But if you're watching um, later, I don't know, if, like in May or something, check out the video. Um, we put a if lot of work you made into it, it this far. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I'm James. You're Nick. I'm Nick. We're Four One Foundry, or, or part of Four One Foundry. Um, and thanks for listening. See ya.